Help. 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 Hello. Welcome to this mini-series from the MGT podcast team, covering some of the more common issues encountered when working with older adults. Each session, it's structured around a clinical question, and our aim is to help you approach the issues like a geriatrician. The best part is they're all under 10 minutes. I'm Ian Wilkinson. I'm a geriatrician working down in Surrey, and joining me remotely are Joe Preston and Alice O'Connor. So I'm Joe Preston. I'm a geriatrician working in South London. And I'm Alice O'Connor, and I'm a teaching fellow working at East Surrey Hospital. And in this session, we're going to cover how to assess a patient who has fallen. So Mrs Topple has come in with her third fall this month. It's not really clear why she keeps falling, but we want to be able to try and get her home safely. Falling over is a very common reason for older people to be admitted to hospital, and it's often indicative of a more complex underlying problem. Unfortunately, we sometimes discharge these people before we've had a chance to figure out what the problem is or arrange the appropriate follow-up. But when assessing someone who's fallen, here are five things you should ask when taking a history. Thing number one, did they pass out? Loss of consciousness usually indicates one of the more sinister reasons of falling, such as a cardiac arrhythmia or a seizure. Thing number two, do they remember the fall? If not, did anyone witness it? You need to try and get an idea of how suddenly it happened, what they looked like at the time, what they felt like beforehand and then immediately afterwards. If you think they did lose consciousness, how long was that for and how quickly did they recover? Number three, as well as looking for physical injuries, ask if they've got pain anywhere and whether they were able to get themselves up off of the floor after the fall. Depending on their previous level of support and physical function, injuries can have quite a significant impact on recovery time and discharge planning. So we need to know some of these things to be able to estimate what they'll need. Number four, ask if they were on the floor and unable to get up, how long were they on the floor for? If they're not sure, you might be able to get an idea of how long they were on the floor from the thing that they last remember doing until the time that help arrived. If someone spent quite a few hours on the floor or stuck in the same position, there will be an increased risk of things like rhabdomyolysis, pressure damage and dehydration. They might have also missed important medications. So it's important that we understand and be able to estimate those things. Number five, if they have had other falls in the past, have these been investigated? As with many things, you don't want to spend ages trying to arrange an investigation or clinic appointment only to find it was done three months ago. So when thinking about falls, you can think about falls as being syncopal or non-syncopal. So if someone's had a syncopal fall, broadly... If they have a loss of consciousness that's for a very short period of time, you're probably looking at something cardiac or orthostatic, so postural hypertension or a cardiac arrhythmia. If someone has had a loss of consciousness for a longer period of time, then maybe you're thinking about a full seizure and then more something neurogenic, obviously. Thinking about people that have had non-syncopal falls, there is a difference between the intrinsic risk factors for a fall and the extrinsic risk factors for a fall. Broadly speaking, the extrinsic risk factors are things that happen to you. So if you're hit by a car, it's completely normal to fall over. Or if you're playing rugby and you're tackled, it's completely normal to fall over. These are extrinsic to you. Versus something that's intrinsic would be more related to something within your physiology. Postural hypertension or problem with your gait because of Parkinson's disease or something like that. Often, as people get older, the interaction between the extrinsic and the intrinsic is the area where there is a difference that wasn't there when they were younger. So, for example, a younger person may slip on a piece of ice on the ground. That's something extrinsic to them. 
but they might be able to recover their balance because their uh, neurological system and muscular system is working swiftly and efficiently. However, as they get older, those intrinsic factors, that physiology of the nerves and the muscles, are slightly less good. And so that slip may result in an actual full fall because people aren't able to control the balance as well as they could before. As always, you'll want to do a thorough examination, but there are a few more specific things that you might want to look for in someone who's had a fall. So remember to assess their their neck, their back and their chest for tenderness that might indicate that they've had spinal or rib fractures that need managing. You want to examine their joints, looking for any redness um, or effusions. For example, a painful gouty toe might affect someone's ability to walk and cause them to fall over. They might have developed a hemarthrosis from landing on their knee and having trauma to that area. Large hematomas in other areas can be really easily missed, especially if they're on the thigh or the bottom, and they can sometimes account for quite a significant drop in hemoglobin. You want to be looking for any joint and spinal deformities due to arthritis um, or osteoporosis that can affect joint stability and also affect their, their walking and their posture. You want to be looking for sarcopenia or muscle wasting because that will decrease a person's ability to right themselves if they lose balance or trip over. But it's something that physiotherapists can work with to improve. You'll also want to check for abnormalities of pulse rate or rhythm, have a listen for murmurs and check a lying and standing blood pressure if you can. And it's worth spending a bit of time on the neurological examination as there are lots of subtle signs which can give you a pretty good idea of why someone has fallen. For example, Parkinsonian signs such as tremor, rigidity and bradykinesia. Abnormalities of gait, balance or coordination might suggest a cerebellar pathology. There might be limb weakness from a new or previous stroke. And sensory deficits, particularly in the feet, can make people prone to trip on things or miss door handles, things like that. And if you can, do a quick visual assessment, even if this is just visual acuity and rough visual fields. Some things might not be immediately obvious. So you want to have a look for um, their walking aids. They have any. If they do, are they the appropriate ones for them? Having a look at their footwear. So you want to have a look at those things if you notice them around and maybe ask a physiotherapist, occupational therapist to help you if you think they're not using the right thing or need further assessment. Moving on to other investigations, aside from uh, some blood tests to assess things like dehydration or anemia or any underlying conditions that may predispose to someone to falling. Your initial investigations are mostly going to be aimed at ruling out cardiac or neurogenic causes of falls. Therefore, you need to do a 12-lead ECG on each person that's fallen over if they're being admitted. If there's a suspicion of an arrhythmia, for example, the person reported palpitations prior to the falling, but the initial ECG is normal, then you might want to repeat it uh, if they become symptomatic again, or if they're becoming symptomatic regularly, you may want to think about a 24-hour tape or a seven-day R-wave recording or something. 24-hour ECGs are helpful in these circumstances, also in those people who've had syncopal symptoms with an abnormal ECG. So inpatient echoes are not usually required for people who have fallen over. There are a few scenarios that are an exception to that. So if you suspect that they've got severe aortic stenosis that is causing their syncope or a presyncope, then that's something that needs to be treated urgently. And so that's something that you might do quite quickly. People who are likely to need inpatient pacing because they've got a bradyarrhythmia, so a really slow heart rate, um, but usually your cardiology team will be, be able to advise whether that is something they're likely to do as an inpatient 
If not, you might be able to do the echoes and outpatient. Other acute pathology that might not be directly related to the fall. So, for example, if they've got new or worsening heart failure that you need to evaluate for other reasons. So contributing to the fall, but not necessarily looking at the direct cardiac um, loss of output cause for uh, the fall on an echo. So mostly those can be done after someone's been discharged. And for anyone who has a head injury on anticoagulation or who has new neurological signs, you'll want to get a CT head. And likewise, for anyone in whom you suspect a brain tumour, intracranial haemorrhage or a stroke, don't forget to check a blood glucose early on in someone who's fallen and during admission if they're diabetic. It's always a bit embarrassing when we miss hypoglycemia. So what are you going to do with all this information you've gathered? If you think someone's had a seizure, remember to look for the underlying cause. Don't just treat the seizure. So, for example, look for things like hyponatremia or alcohol withdrawal. If this is their first seizure, many trusts have a first fit clinic that you can refer people on to on discharge for further follow-up and investigation. If they're already known to have epilepsy, but the seizures are poorly controlled, then you may want to review their medications um, by yourself if you feel comfortable with that, or one of the neurology team. You also need to tell them to inform the DVLA and they're not allowed to drive for a year following the first seizure. But there is a good uh, information on the DVLA website that you can look at that gives you specific information for each uh, type of uh, situation. If you think someone's got Parkinson's, uh, then you may want to refer them on to your local Parkinson's team. Uh, it could be a consultant or a specialist nurse, uh, and they're likely to follow them up in the outpatient clinic. So as we mentioned before, there are some cardiac abnormalities that will require an inpatient review, usually by the cardiology team. These are things like acute coronary syndromes, severe aortic stenosis with collapse, or people who are urgently needing a pacemaker. Lots of older adults take medications that increase their risk of fall. So it's really important you do a medication review and um, see if there's anything that they can stop. We have done a separate mini session on polypharmacy with some tips on how to approach that. So uh, you might want to go and have a little listen if you're feeling a bit rusty with that. Input from the whole MDT is hugely important when seeing people who have fallen over. So make sure you communicate regularly with the team and share updates on the progress from the medical side of things to inform what they what they might do with people next. So patients don't necessarily need to be medically fit before they can be reviewed by physiotherapists, but sometimes physiotherapists might need reassurance that their assessments are not going to provoke further collapse. If the cause of the fall is still not clear on discharge, then patients are sometimes referred to a falls clinic or you can refer directly into one even from the community. Um, and they are usually run by a geriatrician alongside the MDT. That's all for this session, but feel free to check out the rest of this mini series for more bite-sized learning. Or you can head over to our website at www.thehearingaidpodcasts.org.uk for full-length podcast episodes on a whole range of topics concerning older people, from heart failure to homeless. We hope that this episode of Help has been a help.